We have Doc Yavis on the call in. What's up, brother? What's going on, sir? Good to see you good, again. Good, good to see you. Long time no see. Long time no see. I know. I know. Uh, for those of you that don't aren't in on the inside joke, I just recorded with this young man for his podcast, A Sip with Samad. Uh, that'll be coming out soon, and I'll make sure to retweet about it. But we had a good time, not in no small uh, reason because we were a little loose from liquor, but also because we had good vibes. <laughs> it, it got better as we as we went on, and to keep with to keep with the show, I made sure. So I'm inspired by you, hey, hey. Uh, and so this. Is a tequila old fashioned. Okay, um, made with Casa Negros, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. Uh, well, appreciate you jumping on, man. Uh, so, so generally, this show is like people call in or they DM me and stuff, and then just wrap through thoughts and things that are happening. But what I wanted to talk to you with you a little bit about is your journey as a gay man pursuing surrogacy, right? And you are you are choosing to become a father and in a very unique way and i just i just have thoughts i have questions i have so many questions because like man it is honorable more black men need to be fathers and like by fathers i mean not just like donating genetics yeah (laughs) i mean stepping up and raising these kids and like that's what you and your partner do are planning to do so i just have lots of questions man and first i want to just talk a little bit about like we talked about this on your thing but just like what does fatherhood mean to you, right? Like, how do you carry fatherhood and like the responsibility of it? Like, what are you like? What is your vision for fatherhood in that sense? You know, fatherhood for me, it's something I guess I feel like it's a journey that's greater than you. Bang. And so at the end of this, you will have uh, this being that, that's your full responsibility and their success is all, you know, I guess. It depends on what you put into it. Mm -hmm. And so I think about my own experience just growing up and of the people who put into me, I think fatherhood for me sort of represents that sort of idea that I am building something that's going to be on this earth longer than me. Yeah, Uh, I'm building something that will continue to sustain along the, the, I guess, what do you call it? The legacy of my life and Mm -hmm. like, it it just, like I said, the way I define it is like something that's bigger than any of us. Right. Yeah. And I won't ever, I, I guess I don't know what that feels like because I'm not a parent right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm a aspiring parent. Right. Mm. It's important for me for the reasons for this reason though. And I mentioned it to you yesterday when we were talking, I think for me, it's a matter of making sure that everything that I've been able to accomplish throughout all of my life, right. Like doesn't go in vain. It makes me cringe just to think about like being able to like leaving this earth and once you die, that's it. Okay. You've contributed nothing that's greater than you. And so even when I was having conversations with my husband, Alan, I was just very much like this. This is greater than all both of us. Like we 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 didn't do all this. We didn't, you know, leave the, the hood and get to where we are just to be like, all right, well, we did it. It, it, it is what it is. I yeah. It's so many different things that swirl in my head. Legacy is one, but also just the idea of sort of building something or contributing something to this world that's going to be greater than you. And Man, let me, I mean, I think okay. about even my own parents. They contributed in their own way uh, to this world, something that was greater than them. That's me. Yes. Yes. I yeah. hope that I can do the same thing. Man, let me let me ask you this. So, so I love that, right? Like kids are, you know... I, capitalists will talk about like building a business that's like forever right like that that sustains longer than them and blah 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 and i think you know to a certain extent that's true but 
it's really like just biologically that's how we're built is to like create replicas of ourselves that will go on right and take those intellectual lessons on with us you know like darwinism to a certain extent like survival of the fittest is that right like i've learned how to navigate whatever professional world i'm giving it to you now so you can survive better but i'm curious man like so and and, and like feel free to tell me you don't want to talk about either of these two topics but there are two things that come to mind when i hear you talk so so question question one is uh, why don't more gay men pursue fatherhood right and because I have a few close friends who are gay, and I think they are some of the best men that I know. And to the spirit of the point you're making, like I feel uh, a certain amount of regret for them on their behalf that they don't pursue fatherhood. Because knowing what I know, I'm like, man, you would be a great father. Some boy, even if you adopted, right, which you know some people could do, they would get so much from you out of your father just just watching you be. And and I, so I don't I don't totally understand why more gay men don't pursue fatherhood. I think that's one. And then I got another question about like masculinity and fatherhood through your lens as well. But tell me about that first. Ooh, hold on. This is like an interview. I need to write, write down that question. Yes, yes, yes. I said that, that was a great question. <laughs> 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 so I think that this is, first of all, this is just Samad's opinion. Mm-hmm. I do not have any data to support anything that I'm saying. But I'm, You're not putting this on your PhD? No, I'm not putting this on my <laughs> PhD, no. But I will say that From my own experience, the reason why a lot of gay men don't pursue fatherhood is because of the hurdles it takes to get there. Mm. You know, um, we can't just go into a room, have sex and be like, all right, baby's coming in nine to 10 months. Right. Mm. Um, Even in my own experience, we went like I think the first route we took was to go through work with through a state agency. All of the shit that they make you do. Can I curse on this? Yeah, do you, do you like, I've cursed right, about 15 right, times already earlier. All right. Right. <laughs> all right. Just want to make, um, but, you know, all the shit that they make you do to even become a, a parent is crazy. Like, hey. And you look on the news and you see people just having babies just just because. Yeah. And yeah. they're not in some some instances, they're good parents and in other instances, they're not. And you're like, you're making me go through all this when I've like I've proven to you that I, I'm a viable parent and I want to take care of a child, but I got to go through this checklist. I got to go through all these trainings. I got to go through all these different hurdles and obstacles in order for me just to take care of a child who needs a parent. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, The Mm -hmm. other thing is another reason is because the children who are in the system are a lot older and they come with certain sorts of, uh, I would say baggage. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I guess opportunities that need to be worked through. Yeah. They've had traumas and stuff. And, and Right. And so I have some friends who have gone that route and they tell the horror stories of what that was like. And so that scares the hell out of a lot of people from yeah. doing that. Yeah. Um, the other reason, number three, is because our surrogacy journey actually started in the state. Uh, we started the surrogacy journey here at Emory around the corner from the house. Right. And we were like, all right, we're going to go there, get it done. I work for the Gates Foundation, so I have good benefits, right? Especially for things like surrogacy. <laughs> but the challenge came in when we spent, I want to say it was like roughly $35,000 for eggs. We had to purchase the eggs and that had to come out of our pocket because the insurance didn't cover that. The total process in the States is at minimum $150,000. You could, you could, man, that's cheaper to just like, you could just be like, look, I'm just going to look, I'm Samad, I look good. I got this part I, in my hair. I mean, I'm going to go to the, so, I'm going to go to so the local club lie. and just knock somebody up. So look, my mother, God rest her soul, very <laughs> like she, she was quintessential hood, 
roundaway girl, and she was just like, "Look, I could go find a bitch at the at the hospital and tell her, like, hey, my son need a baby. Uh, let's work this out." That's what I'm saying. You could just like, why, man? That's ridiculous. One hundred fifty thousand dollars. A hundred at, at minimum, one hundred fifty thousand dollars. So we ended up after we had an unsuccessful uh, attempt with the embryos that we did purchase. She, we ended up going and going to Columbia. And we, the only reason why we went to Colombia is because it was a third of the cost. It was actually uh, between Colombia and Mexico. The reason why we didn't go with Mexico is because the egg donor database had, um, it didn't have a lot of people with, from, with African descent or, uh, or of African descent. And so for that reason, uh, we were like, uh, let's go to Colombia because they at least have a database of folks of African descent. And so that's yeah. why. It was important for us to take that route, but the cost alone. So yes. going back to the obstacles and the hurdles, like that's a big, that's a big thing. A lot of people don't have that. And I know people who've gone and made their own way of, you know, getting to fatherhood by saying, Hey, I see you got these five kids and you about to have a six. Let me go ahead and get that six. Right. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen that happen. And, but, it, but, it, but it sucks that we have to go through that in order to even be a father. So the, just the idea, like, and so I got two more points. We somehow, some way have been sort of, I don't want to say brainwashed, but trained to believe that that's not possible. Mm. Right. Um, I mean, shit, just the, we just got the right to marry not too long ago. Right. True, and true, so true, true. we've been sort of conditioned. That's the word I was looking for. We've been conditioned to believe that like it's not possible for us. Uh, and so for that reason, many of us just choose not to go that route. The last reason is because people are vain. Uh, they, 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 there's a sense of vanity. Do I want to give up myself? I've been living this way all of my life, just caring about myself. Uh, and now I may care about my partner and myself. I still want to go out and wear my tight shirts to the club, even though I'm 50. I, you know, I want to have on my Alexander McQueen's. I want to like, like, I, I want all of that. And I think a kid is going to disrupt that. So yeah, that's, yeah. What, Which, that's you like, my last reason. Gay or straight, like I relate to it, man. Like I'm, look, I'm straight and I wish I could still be cool. But I'm not for a bunch of different reasons. And some people just ain't willing to admit that they've just aged out of being cool. But, you know, it's interesting, man, like just to pull on that thread a little more. You know, you went to Morehouse, as I did, right? An all-male, all-black male institution with deep foundations in conservative Baptist ideology. And uh, I know that the institution has had challenges navigating a diversity, a growing diversity of sexuality, of gender identity, et cetera. And one of the things I was talking about before you hopped on was, uh, like, does masculinity and ideals of masculinity serve fatherhood, right? And like how masculinity should evolve as the times evolve, right? And, you know, I'm curious, like, I've heard, being from Texas, I've heard this argument a couple of times, like, oh, only straight men should raise kids, right? For a bunch of different reasons, right? None of which never makes sense to me when you pull on the threat. But I'm curious to you, right? Like, how do you think about, let's, let's say that you guys ended up with some boys. Like, how would you think about teaching them to be men? Like, what is manhood in your perspective as a person who is entering fatherhood a an, an atypical way and who's you know a gay man so i i have this internal conversation <laughs> with myself partly because i do have concerns that people will look at uh, me and alan and say that we're two men gay men raising a boy well are we raising a gay boy right like i that's a and 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 I'm from, I'm, you're from Texas. I'm from Jersey. 
Uh-huh. So I wish a motherfucker would, because now I <laughs> now I need to go, and I'm about to drag you. So <laughs> like, don't get it twisted; these hands get so, thrown. <laughs> I believe I believe in God, but I also believe in these hands. So I I want you to know, don't disrespect <laughs> me or my kids. But I, it, it's the concern that I have. But I don't know if I hold to the traditional ideas of masculinity. I think for me, it's not about teaching my son how to be masculine. It's about teaching my son how to be kind. It's about teaching my son how to be thoughtful. It's about teaching my son how to listen, right? It like those are the things that are important to me. Like I want to teach my son how to be a good person. It's not about whether or not you're, you know, a macho man or anything else. It's about being a good person. That's that's the most important thing to me. And so when I think about masculinity, I think I would rather want to focus less on the masculinity aspect of raising the child or raising the son and more so focus on, I want you to be a good person at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so regardless of whether or not you are gay, straight, bisexual, transsexual, whatever you d- decide to identify as, you're still going to be a good person. Man, listen, first of all, thank you. I 100% agree with that. Right. And because I, I, I got asked this question by a buddy of mine and it's it just it just rings it i've probably said it like four times on my podcast but like what are some positive traits of a man that you wouldn't want your daughter to have and i really struck i struggled with that some because i was like i shit i don't know you know people will say oh you know uh sexuality is like uh there's a nurture component to it right like in over here in chino valley they're fighting the uh forced disclosure of sexuality rule for schools and then in the Temecula area near San Diego, there the school board has been having this fight with the state about having a book that mentions Harvey Milk, who is a well-known civil rights activist for gay rights. And so it's like ridiculous. They're like, oh, these kids are going to turn gay just because they read about this guy. It's like, and I, I usually say, like, do you kids turn black because they read about Malcolm X? Like, I don't get it. And and just as an like, anecdote, I have a buddy who uh, he has two brothers. So there's three boys, different mothers. Some of them grew up with their father, some didn't. All of them were gay. I don't know. I don't think they were reading about Harvey Milk and all those households, but like, it's just, it's absurd to me. And so the, the focus on this, like sexuality as a definition of a man and how that translates to your fatherhood, I think is absurd because going back to my earlier point, there are a lot of men that I know who are gay and who are some of the best men that I know. They are responsible to their community. They are uh, fierce defenders of their loved ones. They are well-read and thoughtful. They are incredibly kind and giving. Uh, they are, you know, in some cases they're like, really good athletes uh you know they got more six-pack abs than i do it's like fine that vanity piece i was telling you about it might be man i mean we had a conversation about vanity on your show i was talking about this one white hair i got so i get it and i respect it but but like all these things that you normally you think about like oh these are good men their sexuality has nothing to do with that and so like would i want them like would i leave my son around them to learn some of the things that they hold in their lives yes because like would i rather have a straight man who doesn't follow through on his word and who doesn't take responsibility over his life and family, teach my kids something. Or would I rather this gay man who is a leader and a pillar in his community and who does things without people asking him to just because he knows it's the right thing to do? Would I rather him mentor him? I'd be like, I said I'm that person all day. And it's so it's, I, I just don't get the correlation of why people try to force those things into the same box. So I think part of it is trauma induced. Uh, I think that a lot of people, black men in particular, I'll be a gay or straight, 
in some instances, haven't been able to be their authentic selves. Mm. Now, I do believe that it was something that I said uh, before. It, it was about, like, I do believe straight men, straight Black men in particular, they they aren't sometimes that self-aware because they've been able to just walk into the room and be what they think they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I believe that gay men, on the other on the other instance, we've been taught how to sit back and watch the room and uh, listen and yeah. learn and to figure out who is an ally, who is not, uh, who is a safe space, who is not. No. And so I, but I, I go back to like what you were saying. Damn, that's real. I think a lot of it is just this idea that we have been in these spaces where we haven't been able to be our authentic self. Even as a straight man, I'm sure that you were told that you had to present a certain way. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and so for that reason, you probably didn't present the way you wanted to present or didn't do the things that you had interest in doing. Shit. When I was a kid, I probably could have been a good hairstylist right? <laughs> because I was I was given the I was giving my cousins uh, her dolls. All of them have French rolls. And, you know, <laughs> back in the day, those are the thing. Yeah. And so all the women in church have French rolls and all my cousins dolls have French. <laughs> and one day my grandmother was like, Samad, are you? Are you doing the doll's hair? Because I see, I see them all downstairs in the basement. They were lined up on the couch, and they all their hair was done. And I was like, "Oh no, that wasn't me." No. You protected. You knew to protect yourself instinctually. I knew, I, I knew to protect myself. I don't. Wow. I think I should have just said, "Yeah, that was me." Did you like the French rolls, right? But I, I didn't because I was afraid to be myself. Uh-huh. I probably could have uh-huh. been a damn good hairstylist, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. But I couldn't be. I couldn't do that. I used to dance as a kid. Uh-huh. People picked on me all the time because uh-huh. uh-huh. I wanted to take ballet. I wanted to take tap. I wanted to take, you know, all these different things that were not looked at as being manly. I used to pay for myself to go to lessons, but it was, so, I, I think wow. at a certain wow. point you come to a place in life where you're like, fuck everybody. Mm. Yeah. Do me. And I think Oof. that some people may get to that sooner than others. Yeah. I do believe that from my own experience, once again, I see straight black men get to it later in life, okay. which is which is sad because I see a lot of people who are living and being their authentic self. Yeah, but man. I think that's the biggest trauma. That's the trauma. That's that's where it all starts. Is like, were you able to actually do the things that you wanted to do or live the life that you wanted to yeah. live from yeah. an early age? And now you're taking all that shit into adulthood. And now here you are, 65, trying to be your authentic self. Oh, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. Right. Yeah, I feel you, man. It's and, and look, like, you know, as a black man, the world tells you not to be your authentic self, right? Unless your authentic self is a rapper or a football player. Person. Yeah, exactly. An athlete. A preacher. And so, yeah. And or like a really good, like buttoned up corporate person right and the 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 nuance is it acceptable and and it's unfortunate like hearing that point about you pursuing dance and tap because like the first person i thought of was savion glover like we could not have had savion glover if his parents were like no 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 that's that manly go do that somewhere else and you know this is a world-renowned performer so like how many more of those could we have if people were allowed the safety in their homes. And so I did this, uh, my, my, uh, I think it was this week's episode will be about the, the responsibility of the father to create safety in the house for people to be themselves. And I think this is a perfect example. Like I've had conversations with my wife where I'm like, look, what if our kids are gay or bi or transsexual, asexual? And I've like been trying to rehearse in my own head how I'm going to respond to that because I don't want them to hide that. I want them to bring it to us. And then, you know, if, if it is something that they're just actually confused about, we can figure that out. But if that's who they are, we can also figure that out. And, but I just want them to bring it 
to us and feel like they have home base in which they're safe enough to be themselves. So then we can explore how to navigate this world that may be against them together, right? As opposed to, you know, them having to find some dark corner of the internet to figure that shit out in uh, without the guidance and help and love of their family. Like that, like of those two outcomes, like I would rather them bring it to us. And like, I, every time I talk to somebody, like I, I got my haircut in North Carolina a couple, a couple weeks back and I was talking to the barber about like this podcast and other things. And he was saying that one of his daughters is a lesbian and it took him a while to accept it, but he never outwardly expressed it. He didn't like refuse her talking about her girlfriends in front of him. He allowed them to go on dates in the house and stuff and, you know, attended her wedding. And he was like, look, man, if the choice was to have her in my life and figure out why I'm I'm uncomfortable with this or to never see her again, the choice was easy. But I think people just get so into their own convictions and, you know, like people have their reasons and I don't want to get into religion and stuff, but like, they'll just be like, bye. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But like, they'll just be like, bye, be gone from my sight. And, you know, I find a lot of those people regret it because they weren't willing to make a safe environment for their house and protect their family from themselves and pushing them out. Right. Because the world's going, the world's going to have a problem. The world's going to have a problem with anything that we do. So fine. But like here in home in these four walls. When you're under my roof, you're going to eat what I give you. You're going to listen to my rules and responsibilities, but you're also going to feel safe. Like, I think that's important. So, so Brian, as you were talking and, and telling that, like recounting that, that story, I started to tear up a bit and I teared up because, well, one, I'm a cancer. And so y'all believe <laughs> that I'm sensitive. I don't know. I agree. <laughs> but I teared up because I believe that if people were able to, like, especially children were able to have that safe space, they wouldn't have to go outside the house and sift through predators. Mm. And so, and I'm, I, I, I know I've seen this other places, mm. but I've also seen it with me where, because I didn't feel like I could ask questions or, you know, tell you how I like, Hey, this is how I feel. Like, I, Hey, I like dude. Right. I had to go outside the house. And outside the house, it was a bunch of goddamn predators, like waiting for me to ask them so that they they could take advantage. Mm -hmm. That's what hurts me a little bit because I've seen it. I've experienced it myself. And it was because of the fact that I didn't feel like I could go home and tell my grandmother or anyone else. My, uh, my mother was different. She, once again, mother's cut from a different claw. So my mother was like, I told her, she was like, okay, why didn't you tell me? You know, I got drag queen friends. I was like, hey, so that's a different level. That's like, I, I'm coming to you here and you're here and saying like, I'm, I'm down for it. So I was I feel like, that. okay. But I didn't feel like I, before telling her, I didn't feel like I could talk to anyone. Dang. And so as a result, I was, you know, going to talk to older men who were, well, but what, like at least 15 years older than me in some instances. And mm-hmm. I'm like, how many of us have lost that protection because we didn't have protection in the house? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like that, that, that goes to the core of what self-made dad as an ideal is about, right? It's like, it's not that like I've, I've pulled my up from myself from the bootstraps. It's, I had to teach myself all these things. Cause like my father wasn't available to help guide me with these things. And to the spirit of your point, right? Like if you were forced to go outside of your family, to explore your sexuality, then you are like hopefully finding people who care enough about you to guide you with love and intention. But you know, that world is full of people who are not going to do that. They're going to guide you to their benefit. 
And if they guide you to their benefit, then that's called, you know, who, I mean, you see, for those of y'all who haven't seen the movie Players Club, you might understand this reverence, but that's when you end up in a situation where somebody telling you make that money, don't let that money make you, you know what I'm saying? Like you get into some real questionable sense. And like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll speak the same. Like, I think a lot of people can relate to as boys learning about sexuality and anatomy from porn. Right. And, and in a, and in a lot of ways, the spirit of the point you're making is same there, right? Like you, you feel some kind of embarrassment or lack of safety for bringing it up in the house. And then you're on the internet or you're, you know, back in my day, you were in, <laughs> we'll come back to the fact I just said back in my day. <laughs> we don't have VHS uh, tapes no more, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I said that and I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. You're like in magazines and VHS tapes. And then you're just like this. this and then that, that defines sexuality for you in a way that is it reality right and so that's that that's just i i, I wish more people and, I, and i'm going to say this because we have a few folks join so i'm just going to repeat it i think that it is incredibly important for parents and in particular fathers to establish emotional safety in the household because the choices that you were faced aren't my kid is going to listen to me or not it is my kid is going to either bring this to me and allow me to minister to them, to advise them, to support them and guide them, or they're going to go out in these streets and get that. Yeah. And I don't know what kind of father y'all trying to be, but I know me and Samad are trying to be types of fathers where that is done in-house, where we figure it out together. So somebody gave me some advice and I'm going to, this is, this goes out to all parents. I don't care if you have a boy, girl or whatever. And I believe in this wholeheartedly. The advice from my good friend, Felicia, Dr. Commodore, was the world is already going to fuck your kid up. Let's not have you be the reason why they're fucking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like your your job is to, you know, counter counteract the ways of the world. So that way you can sort of like decrease the amount of fuck up. Right. Don't add to it. <laughs> like, yeah. you're supposed yeah. to be helping to make sure that they can go out in the world and be OK. Let's- let them go to therapy because somebody else says something crazy to them, not because you said something crazy. Exactly. To them. <laughs> you know, and like we're not we're all we're all human. We're not going to be perfect, but like I'm telling you, man, I had um I had this father back in New York tell me the story, and this, and it was like you know my son came out to me as gay, and we shunned him. We were like get out, like we, it doesn't align with our Christian values. This that the third, so they didn't speak for like five years, and they didn't hear from this person until the person's husband called the family and said, you know, your son died in a car crash last night. The regret that was expressed to me, and this is part of the foundation of why I have this perspective, is he was like, look, man, I realized that I could, I, like, I, my choice was, would I, would I rather have my son and his husband sitting here at this dinner table alive, or would I rather be going to identify his body in the morgue? And 10 times out of 10, I would rather him be sitting right there alive for me to look in the eye. And that's, in any version of that, that is the choice and the responsibility we have as parents and as fathers is no knife cuts as deep in a kid as what a parent does and says. And so you have the opportunity to show them what love is, what unconditional love is in these moments, whether it's about sexuality, whether it's about you know anatomy, whether it's about money, whether it's about just basic stuff like, you know, they're interested in things that maybe you think are soft or like not manly or whatever that thing is. You can make it safe for them to explore that, right? And guide them. Because if they are going to come to you about these small things, they'll come to you about big things. And if you want them to live a life you think will be productive, then they need to be comfortable coming to you. And and that means you got to make it safe for them. So 
Man, I, I could talk about this all day. We're at time. I know. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I got so much more in me. We're we're at time, so I'll, I'll let you go and then I'll shut down. But look, Samad, I really appreciate you coming on because uh, your level of depth of thought is always appreciated and welcome here. So feel free; you can call in anytime. You are always welcome to self made that. Uh, we so appreciate much. it. I really appreciate the opportunity. Good seeing you, sir. Good seeing you, man. And for everybody else, I hope to see y'all on the internet soon. Talk to you again soon. Cheers.